Hey everybody and welcome to Wicked Into It. Woo! I'm Kate. He's so excited to be here. You're supposed to say, and I'm Allie. Oh, um, and I'm Allie. Okay, <laughs> two, ready? One, two, three, cut. No, action. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wicked Into It. I'm Kate. And I'm Allie. And we're your hosts. Woo! Um, I'm, should I call myself Allie too, or should I say I'm Allison? Um, you can be Allie. We can be confusing. Allie too? Allie too. No, I said Allie like two. Should I also oh. be, I don't want to be called Allie too, because that, <laughs> that places us in a hierarchy. Well, that's yeah. like Mew too. Like Mew too is the next evolution. No. Well, either way, I don't, there's a flat team structure. I don't want to be a, that's a hierarchical so, thing. Mew. Also, you would objectively, you're the host. I'm your, uh. Ellie's our guest. Person yep. you're talking to. Our, our, our guest for the uh, the very first we, time we're doing this. We should Guest say is a very kind word. <laughs> what this show is about. Yeah, y'all should do that. I'm going to keep drinking. Okay. Um, so this is a show where we bring people who are very passionate about certain subjects and basically uh, get them drunk and make them... Talk about subjects they're passionate about. So update: I am not drunk yet. So. No, but we have to get you there. That's the point. We're working. Should on I it. grab the second bottle of rosé? Yes. Yes. We True. But yeah, so kind of like drunk history, but <laughs> people can talk about whatever they're really into. Hence the Oof. name. Wicked into it. That's that's like giving me a lot of fucking free reign, my man. I mean, you have to choose one thing per episode. Yeah. I feel like y'all have chosen for me, right? You've chosen. Yeah. Well, I gave yeah. you a list and you were like, YA could be cool. Yeah. We're like, YA. I like a lot of cool things. And we're like. And, and many other things. Why is a good genre full of dynamic things and lots happens. Hey. You should keep listening. We're going to get some rosé. Oh, it's only going to get better from here. <laughs> we can edit this. <laughs> can we, though? Can no, we? that's not. Yes. That's illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal. <laughs> Which is where I'm usually like, I'm fine. And then I go more than that. And I'm like, oh, I'm fun now. Hey. <laughs> I, yeah. Because, you know, we all live our lives. We're all, we're all archetypes. We all do writing. Yep. We're another. We all, we all podcast. We all do these, these art things. And so we drink wine, right? Them's the rules. Yes. Yeah. We should do the intro thing we talked about. Or I can do it. We talked so, about an intro thing? We did. It was a while ago. Do your intro thing. All right. Hey, say your name. I'm Allison, or Allie, both. Very complex. Complex characterization there. Um, <laughs> I got layers. I'm like an onion. <laughs> a. Oh Is, gosh, and we are, we are currently in Shreference. <laughs> we are currently in your swamp, i.e. your apartment. Correct. What are we drinking? Uh, Rosé. As I have just talked about, I love wine. Um, you're also drinking Trader Joe's beer. Um, I am, yes. The Joseph Brow, this uh, winter brew thing. It's actually pretty good. It's very good. I, I tried it before I bought it. I it's a dark impressed. double Bach lager, craft brewed. They make sure to point that out on the bottom yep. of the bottle. Yep, it's craft brewed for Trader Joe's exclusive. <laughs> yes. Oh. This is not an ad. We're not getting paid for this. We don't okay, get money from anything. No, we don't. Speaking of, um, mm-hmm. 
Where do you earn your money from? What do you do during the day? What is your life? I work at a... Should I actually, like, go in-depth about this? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we should just summarize. I work in journalism. (laughs) I'm not a jur... Well, I'm kind of a journalist, but I also kind of am just, like, an editor. I do both. I do one for money and one on the side that doesn't earn me money, but does earn me joy. So... Yay. Yay. And joy. you get to guess which is which. Hey. <laughs> they what? both bring me joy. They both bring me joy. I want to make sure that everyone knows they both bring me joy, but one of them is exclusively for the joy. Please promote Allie. As Her in like, zero dollars <laughs> for zero. the joy. As in maybe occasionally like 50 bucks for the joy, but not enough to pay my rent yeah. on the joy. We live in Boston, folks. Okay, so <laughs> what is this topic that you will be talking about today? Um, I provided a list of topics and was told that an interesting one would be <laughs> YA literature. And I love YA literature, and I read a lot of it, and I follow tons of YA writers on Twitter. Um, so I'm very ready to talk about this. Cool. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about what YA is for the heathens out there. For the heathens out there, for the people that do not know... Um, YA literature is a kind of a genre, more of like a marketing category, in all honesty, uh, of literature um, that is geared specifically towards readers between ages of like 12 and 18, teenagers. Um, But lots of people read it. Lots of people who are older than that read it. Um, Some people who are younger than that read it. It's just sort of a marketing category um, slash genre. YA has a few regular features that can kind of mark something as YA. A lot of times the protagonist is an older teenager between 16 and 18. Um, A lot of times the themes have to do strongly with identity and sort of figuring out who you are. Um, But ultimately these aren't really hard and fast rules because, like I said, it's not only a genre but also a marketing category, so things will be shuffled into YA that maybe are sometimes debatable. Sometimes they're adult, quote unquote, adult books who, that come out where you read it and you're like, oh, that's kind of like YA. So it's, it's, there's not a lot of hard and fast rules, but those are sort of the general, general vibe of what YA literature is, I guess. (laughs) And why would you say it's important and valid? Because I know there are so many people out there who shouldn't knock it. But they do, and they dismiss it. She's shaking her finger at the recorder right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, why would you say it's, it's important and valid as a genre? Um, I would say for a couple reasons. Um, I really, I think it's very important to have fiction with sort of identity as a primary theme, because I think that's something that doesn't just resonate for teenagers. Everyone is constantly trying to figure out who they are. That's kind of... The idea of being a person is like figuring out, okay, who am I? Who am I going to be? Like what, you know, I think having that as a central tenet of writing is really important. Um, I think it's also just very good to have stuff that's geared towards teens because that is such a critical point in your life where you are trying to figure out so much. You're trying to figure out how to be an adult, but how to negotiate relationships with your parents and how to negotiate relationships with other people. Um, and sort of who you're going to be in society and how to sort of like sign the social contract and still be your own person. You know, there's so many 
things that are going on in that phase in your life. So I think it's also very important to have literature that's specifically geared towards that age group because fiction and nonfiction, it's very important, you know, society. What am I trying to say? It's sort of, um, media reflects society, but society also reflects media. It's sort of like a, a double mirror situation going on. Um, and I think, you know, it's important for teenagers who are the future of our society to sort of read these books and, you know, a lot of them get adapted to watch these movies, watch these TV shows, um, and sort of use that as a framework for how they're going to model their own behavior, but also to see themselves reflected in a positive way, um, is really important. So that's why I think YA is super valid. Also, I just think it's really fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. And I know there's like, I have read so many YA books that are just great examples of excellent writing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't think that you could, or have this misconception that you can't find good writing in YA. And I think that's so just not true. Question, what is your favorite YA book? Man, okay. This is really hard. Uh, Top five, top five. I was going to say, let's see, YA, because I'm like, what... I'm wondering if the things that I consider YA or YA, or if they're because it's earlier, not a hard and fast right. rule. Yeah. If they're earlier than that, or yeah. if they're after that. Because I'm thinking like Philip Pullman, yeah, but Phil- like like Philip yeah. Pullman, but that could be it's like borderline. That could be like middle grade, right? Yeah. And so typically, yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. I don't know. We should love me in. some Neil Gaiman. Hey, oh yeah. Take it. Oh shit. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> take a gander at this stack of books at the end of my bed. Ugh. These are mostly YA. I'm not getting off the bed. That's fine. That's yeah. uh, Neil Gaiman, Rainbow Rowell. Really Rainbow like Rowell's wonderful. She's I great. I really like her. Um, I, I read a whole bunch of way. I, I mean, I'm thinking Garth Nix right now. Oh, Garth Nix is yeah. phenomenal. He bought me a beer one time. It he was enchanted. Did. Um, there was also... Um, Oh man, this one just makes me cry every time. But that's not why. That's not why. Um, <laughs> nice try, nice try. What are you no. pointing at? The the, the art dog one. Yeah, oh. it's a dog one. Oh, um, <laughs> sad dog narrative. It's a, it is a sad dog narrative. That's it's, a marketing point. Um, there was uh, another series called Uglies that I really liked. Oh yeah, Scott Westerfield. Yeah, Uglies, Uglies, Pretties, and. Specials. Specials. And extras. Yeah, yeah, I didn't read extras. Extras was fine. It didn't have the same character group, so it was kind of like... But it was good. It was set in the same world, but it was just different mm-hmm. people. And so I was like... I opened it up as like, this isn't the character that I liked, but... Yeah, like middle so grade too. I like when I was growing up, I was reading a whole lot of Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, right, it's so good. Way more upsetting as an adult. Have <laughs> <laughs> you watched the TV show? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good but so yeah upsetting I sometimes think like I was I was talking earlier I was like I have like a sense of I I am pride myself on being very funny so hopefully you all have been laughing with me um (laughs) but I was talking about I was like I have this sense of humor that's very changeable but like oftentimes it's very dark and I was like where did I oh (laughs) (laughs) let me snick it yeah let me snick it let me snick it and molly moon Molly Moon. Molly Moon was good. shit. Man. I I read a lot of um, Harry Potter, obviously, but I feel like that's its own. I was gonna beast. say, like, you're a human being. Yes, you've read. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. I've read Harry Potter. So why? <laughs> no. 
uh, some novels that I would consider YA that aren't really <laughs> mainstream right now because they're so old. Um, well, not old, sorry. Like, we're published in the 70s and 80s. So, maybe so old. So old. <laughs> um, would be um, the, the Dragon Riders of Perrin series, but not the whole series, just the ones that feature teen protagonists, which mm. are very good. There's this oh. one about mentally. She's like a teenage girl and it's about her just like coming into her own and becoming just a powerful badass it's really good you know like two other middle grade badass writers is uh tamora pierce and diane yes okay tamora Tamora pierce Pierce, i would argue that tamora pierce is maybe should be categorized as why yeah at this point but like when her books was coming out it was like why it didn't exist as a category but but like like, circle of magic was like so good yeah (laughs) yeah And, and yeah Okay, so why, like, don't you, why don't we back up for a hot second? Why don't you tell us how YA became a category? How YA became a category. Okay, um, I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, YA has emerged sort of since the early 2000s, I guess. I mean, like, I'm talking out of my ass here, so whatever. But <laughs> I, think, I think this is sort of what happened. But um, YA has emerged sort of since the early 2000s. Um, grew out of sort of middle grade because it was clearly there was a need for books for a specific demographic that wasn't being met with these teenagers who wanted to see more books about themselves, Um, specifically teenage girls. A lot of YA is geared towards teenage girls, um, as people probably know who are listening to this. And there was sort of that. And then in terms of, I know there was also a trend of specifically with genre fiction and YA, um, Science fiction fantasy is, like, my great love. But um, I know that at this point in time and sort of for a while now, it's been seen as kind of like a boy's space, you know? Like, there's a lot of male authors who get tons of accolade, uh, oftentimes rightly so, but, you know, people like George R.R. Martin get, you know, the big fancy parades and shit and whatever. But um, it's a little bit of a boy's club. Uh, so I know that there's sort of a trend where a lot of genre fiction and YA arose out of women trying to seek a genre space for themselves as well. There was a really great thread on Twitter um, that I forget who wrote the original thread, but Justina Ireland uh, retweeted it and had really good commentary on it that talks about this whole trend of uh, genre, women's genre writers moving into uh, YA out of adult science fiction fantasy. I highly recommend going to Justina Ireland's Twitter and reading that thread because that's better than I can talk about it right now but like it yeah it's it's really really good but yeah I know that that's a whole part of how it arose so there was sort of a market need for these teenagers to have themselves represented and also um authors seeking a space that sort of was better for them so the YA genre sort of gaining steam could almost be looked at kind of as a feminist act in a way I would say so. I think specifically in the last few years, too, YA has really led the charge in a lot of positive changes in publishing. Um, and that's not to say it's perfect. You know, there's still plenty plenty wrong with it and plenty of uh, shitty stuff that comes out every year. But I think in terms of, like, YA, the YA community really spearheaded the We Need Diverse Books movement um, and has been really instrumental in trying to really bring justice and diversity into the publishing community. Um, And I think that that has been a really wonderful thing to watch happen, you know. 
And it's great to see the rest of publishing sort of follow after. And again, obviously it's not perfect, but it is, it's nice to see, you know, publishing trend in that direction. I think that has a lot to do with the YA community. Yeah. (laughs) Go YA. You guys are great. (laughs) So um, you mentioned Twitter. Tell us about YA Twitter. It's so fun. Oh my God. (laughs) Everyone should just follow like exclusively, like my Twitter feed is like 90% like it's YA authors and comic book writers and artists. And it's a wonderful community. That like group of people is so fun. um, So great. Like have wonderful things to say about publishing. Um, I love YA Twitter. (laughs) Um, It's like how I sort of like, cause I, I'm an aspiring YA author or just aspiring author in general. I, uh, but regardless, I like, it's sort of how I live vicariously at this point in my life because I'm still like in like querying hell where I'm like, well, will anyone like my book? We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's, um, so yeah, it, it's sort of how I live vicariously because I see all these cool authors and I'm like, wow, you guys are doing so great. Someday, someday <laughs> I'll be that too. But like for now, I'm just really happy for you guys and you guys make such good books and I'll read all of them someday when I have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. Cool. I think um, backing up, we're talking about how YA um, has really led the charge in diversity and diverse voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we want to talk a little bit about how it's really led the charge in introducing uh, queer narratives to the scene. I can talk about so many good gay YA books right now. Oh my God. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Just um, I think... Um, I know that YA sort of spearheaded, just in general, the, the We Need Diverse Books thing came out of YA and sort of children's publishing in general, but specifically YA. But I think YA has also, yeah, done a lot for introducing a lot of queer narratives. And, and that's not to say that there weren't queer narratives before YA started telling queer stories. Um, but I think there's a really good trend in YA towards sort of own voices narratives. So queer authors writing queer stories and also, you know, authors of color writing stories that represent their own cultures and, um, you know, disabled authors writing their own experiences. Um, And so I think that that's a a good trend that's been going on YA. But in terms of uh, queer narratives, yeah, I think there have been... Do you want me to talk about specific books? Because I can talk about specific books. Because this is hard for me to sort of like just be like, yeah, I love gay YA because yes, I love gay YA. But like, sell those books. Okay. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, no, but there's been a really good trend in sort of queer storytelling. Um, wow, I am tipsy now. Hey! hey let's get it. Cheers. Eye contact, bitch. <laughs> Seven years bad sex. You wouldn't want that. What was your question again? I wouldn't want that. Queer storytelling. <laughs> YA. Specific books. Sell them. Let's talk about some specific books. <laughs> Let's talk about the first WLWYA book that, like, really just got me. The Miseducation of Cameron Post by Emily Danforth. Yeah. Now a major motion picture. (laughs) Now a Sundance motion picture. Yeah. Uh, It was amazing. Thank you to everyone who was involved in that movie because I did cry. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Um, That was sort of the first one, and I didn't... At the time that I read that, I don't think I realized I was queer yet. I think I was still sort of like, you know, very closeted teenager, but I think that was sort of the first moment where I saw that kind of story being told. And I think I saw myself reflected in it in a way that I didn't fully understand yet. 
Um, but since then, there have only been like more and more wonderful queer YA books coming out. And queer YA books that, because I think Cameron Post has, is very bittersweet ultimately. You know, you want, you read that book, spoilers, spoilers, but you want all of the kids to get out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not what happens. It's like Cameron and some of her friends manage to get out of their shitty situation, but you want that for all of those kids who are there. And that's obviously not what happens and not what's going to happen. Um, but I think there's been a really good trend in telling a lot of happy, positive queer stories in YA. Um, books like Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which has got turned into a movie, Love, Simon. It's also an amazing movie. Uh, but that's, you know, a, a rom-com. It's like a happy queer story. And the sequel to it is about how his, his best friend uh, figures out that she's bi and also is sort of a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been a lot of very upbeat, happy queer stories. Queer stories that are told in genre fiction. So it's, you know, gays in space, gays in fantasy Ooh, worlds. Yay. You know, it's... It's a really wonderful thing to see. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's an absolutely fabulous trend. I would say there's a little bit of a dearth of coming out stories in YA. I think a lot of times queerness is presented as something that people already kind of know that they have and are fine with, um, which is good in some ways in terms of, you know, teenagers seeing themselves represented positively if they are you know know that they have a queer identity they see these other teenagers who are like them who are happy and who get happy endings and who you know have this whole wonderful story um but I think that is that is one thing that I would like to see more of is coming out stories that are a little bit more realistic specifically own voices coming out stories because I don't want to see a straight person write a coming out story I just I'm sorry I unless it's very very well done because I think it's possible to do it really well but like sort of a a more bittersweet coming out story specifically I think would I there's not a ton of those because a lot of the ones in YA right now have um are sort of people who are out and proud already and there's not a a ton of stories about kids who are sort of struggling with that um which is something I'd like to see but that was an aside just a tangent one little thing but yeah ultimately Lots and lots of very positive queer stories. If if anyone has not um, read um, Mackenzie Lee's duology, do that. Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, one of the best books that's ever been written, hands down. So good. And the most recent one came out, I think, a couple months ago, The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy. Sounds yeah. great. They're, yeah. they're basically like historical fan fiction with like gay romance. Ugh. And it's so... It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I, Mackenzie Lee also, I, I love just like, because she is also from Salt Lake City um, and also came to Boston for a period of time and worked in a bookstore. Yeah, so I was still like, does. No, she moved back to Salt Lake. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, Did you see her puppy on, well, no. Twitter. Yeah, she's I thought, got a dog I thought now. she was still a trident. Not, um, not to be super creepy, but um. I know all about this dog. <laughs> it's a good dog. I want a dog so bad. So anytime I like, I'm on social media, someone's like, I have a dog. I'm like, tell me more about this. And then I just stalk obsessively, like looking for pictures of dogs. Cause I want, I can't even express the amount that I want to have my own dog. It is so much. My mother was talking to me on the phone earlier today and she did that thing that moms do where she was like, I think someday you'll have children. And I was like, I think I someday probably won't. And she was like, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. 
because, you know, no one knows their own future. But I was like, I think probably not. The stakes are too high. What if they're a serial killer when they grow up? And my mom's like, well, what if they win the Nobel Prize when they grow up? I'm like, it's not a risk I'm willing to take. Thank you. Um, but she and I were talking. I was like, the stakes are so high with human children, though. I want a dog. I was like, the stakes are not that high. You're not, like, risking, like, Nobel Prize winner versus fucking Golden State Killer. It's like, no, it's a, a dog's a dog's a dog. Like, I want one so bad. Just a good dog. I want... Hello. My neighbors are yelling. It's fine. Um, yeah, they're probably... Does that happen a lot? All the time. Watching some sports. They're so loud upstairs. It's like... It's honestly fucking unreal, but it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I... Yeah, I want a dog. Very bad. I think dogs are very cute and very perfect. I want a real chunky pit bull to just, like, cuddle all the time because they're so fat and so warm and their heads are just large and I love it. <laughs> so square. So square and so fleshy. Like you hold their little cheeks and they're meaty and you're like, <laughs> yes, it's so good. I love them. So speaking of, is there any good YA fiction about dogs? <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Let me like, I'm going through the like, I haven't read it. Mental like file decks in my brain, <laughs> like dogs, 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 who has good dogs in their books? Um, Mackenzie Lee has dogs in those books. They're not like major characters or anything, but they're like in there. Hey, Garth um, Nix has Despicable, Disreputable. Yeah. Hold Despicable. on. Despicable. Just, it's just, 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 re- just reputable dog. It's just disreputable. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good dog. Yeah. Why a dog? I mean, not really a dog. Oh, oh. The Hate You Give. There's oh. a really cute, chunky pit bull in The Hate You Give named Bricks. I... What? I, yeah. Now I know where our friends who named their chunky pit bull bricks got the name from. Did they get it from the Hate You Give? Yeah. Amazing. But I like, my dog it was way one. before the well, movie came dog. out, so they definitely read the book and then named their chunky pit bull bricks. Yes. They're both super queer, so. Amazing. No, um, I convinced my parents have two pit bulls. The two sweet, sweet loves of my life, and my parents like them more than they like me, and that is totally okay. <laughs> uh, like, I also like the dogs more than I like the rest of my family, so whatever. Um, <laughs> they have two pit bulls, and Ruthie is the first one. She's named after my great-grandmother. Um, and the other one is named after a character from Maggie Seavotter's The Raven Cycle. His name is Ronan. The Raven oh, Cycle is also a very good... Raven Cycle is very Yes. Good. <laughs> I didn't know that's where you got your dog's name. Didn't you though? No, I didn't. <laughs> I've never read those books. Oh, yeah. Are you shitting me right now? I'll leave. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, I can give you. You just I have them. to read them. I literally okay. have them. Like, I just they're so like your style. Very, yeah, you would like. Them you a would lot. love them. I just it's shocking <laughs> to me because they are so like exactly your kind of thing. Cool. I will accept all tributes in books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, my doggo, my not my dog, my parents' dog, Ronan. I bullied them into naming him that. Yeah. He is well. He's partially named after the character from the Raven Cycle. Partially named that because when my parents got him. I had just gotten home from a semester abroad in Ireland, and I was like, he needs a strong Irish name. He needs a strong Irish name. My parents were like, whoa, slow down. And I was like, he needs one. It's Ronan. <laughs> I already have it. I, like, yeah. Well, we each had a different idea for his name, um, at all four family members. Um, I won, obviously. Um, but my, my dad wanted to name him Eric. That's it. Eric the dog. My mom wanted to name him Carlos. (laughs) Carlos the dog. And my brother wanted to name him Jeremy. 
<laughs> Those are all objectively what? not great names. What? Okay, <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut the fuck your mouth. <laughs> um, they're fantastic names. They're all on my back burner list. Because the whole point of naming a dog is to give them a goofy human name. That's Carlos. Not, Carlos? What about Eric? Be like at the dog park, like, Eric! <laughs> <laughs> Eric, get over here! Eric, come here! Yeah, um, my, I have a list of names for my future dogs, because I'm crazy. Um, and I want one so bad. Um, but my top names currently are Rita. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Gordon. Gordon. That's so <laughs> silly. Gordon and what's the other one? Oscar. Oscar's a good dog name. Oscar, his middle name would be Isaac Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm gay. <laughs> hey, we're all gay here, in case you didn't figure that out. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get my first chunky fat pit bull and name it Gordon Peters. <laughs> Gordon Peters the pit bull. Yes, well, because my, my, father, my father's name is Peter Gordon Larkham. And he had a, he was on his college radio station for like two months before his best friend fired him back in the 80s. <laughs> Um, he was a weatherman. He was very bad at being a weatherman. Uh, but his um, radio persona was Gordy Peters. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to name my dog Gordy Peters one day, Dad. Yes. So, so my dog, Gordon Peters Larkham, is going to be the best dog. dog name. The best dog that anyone's ever met. I'm so excited. It's probably not going to be five to ten years from now, but still. Or until five to ten years from now. I left a word out of that. But... It'll be a while before Gordon Peters is Gordon Peters, but man, he's going to be a fucking good dog. I know it already. I mean, you're going to pick a good dog. I will. I'm going to get a cat first, though, and name it Hazel. It's a very <laughs> good cat name. Yeah, it's a great cat name. Don't yeah. ask why I'm going to name it Hazel. It's because of uh, John Green's book. No. Good. Okay, that's the only thing I can mm. Oh, <laughs> wait, you don't know. No. Oh my god, lady. <laughs> Needs more wine. Drinks yeah, more wine. Yeah, you should refill your wine and we'll start talking about YA again. Well, this is, <laughs> it's not YA, but it's related to books. Hazel. But yeah, it's not what, John Green. Um, I can pause it. Well, I'll edit it out, whatever. What, what is no, it? you don't need to edit it out if you don't want to. It's up to your discretion, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's like quite the fucking story. Um, so, I've been writing for uh, ever, right? Yeah. We all know this. This is just who I am. It's what I do. Um, you know this. You just don't know you know this. Um, Is the it first character novel character name. Yeah, the yeah, first novel I, I ever finished. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the first one I ever started, but the first one I ever finished. I wrote between the sixth and seventh grades mm. with my best friend in middle school, and it was roughly three hundred Microsoft Word pages, single spaced of Warrior Cats fan fiction. <laughs> oh, and my wow. yeah, oh wow, is doesn't even cover it. Wow, it does not even cover <laughs> it, man. Um, but um, that is where Hazel comes from because my hideous self-insert character was named Hazel Blossom. (laughs) Oh, she was the worst. She had such a bad personality, which is also, I mean, I would say applies to a lot of my characters now. I've always been this. Pretzels is the same, as Hannibal Breast put it. I was like, I've always been the same fucking person. Um, Even when I was in the sixth grade, and I was like, what if I gave her a bad personality? (laughs) So that was what I did, but I was like, I'm going to name my first cat Hazel after... um, 
hazel paw slash hazel blossom in this story that my friend and I wrote. Um, and my friend will absolutely die on the spot when she learns that I've gotten a cat named Hazel. <laughs> Her character was named Dreampool because if I'm going Dream down, pool. she's coming down with me. <laughs> Dreampool was her self-insert character. Oh, Dreampool and Hazel Blossom. Let me let me tell you some what? stuff about my early writing. Because that was the first novel I ever finished, but not the last. It was like the gateway drug into noveling. And so the, I wrote a novel by myself starting in the eighth grade after Leela and I... Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to name drop. Can you bleep her name out? Because I don't yeah. I get her yeah. permission to tell the <laughs> yeah. world about this. The, the mysterious <laughs> other author and I decided to be critique partners, but each write our own novels from here on out after we co-wrote the Warriors fan fiction. Um, and I wrote one... The first novel I ever finished by myself, and oh boy, what a doozy, was a paranormal romance. Oh mm. yeah. Titled mm. Phantom. Very clever. <laughs> very oh, clever. Very I, I, I have a very clear memory of when the YA section of Barnes & Noble was just titled Paranormal Teen Romance. Yes. Yep. It took uh-huh. right over. Yeah, and I, I dove nose first into this. that shit. Um, and so I wrote, I wrote Phantom. Um, it was about a girl who again had a bad personality (laughs) because that's how I do, uh, named Sarah Miller and Sarah Miller lived in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming and did not want to live there and was half ghost, (laughs) but didn't know that. How are you half ghost and half human? (laughs) Not a question you want to ask because it was not a question I was prepared to answer in the grade. It was just what I had come up with. I was like, hey, here's the deal. She's half ghost. Because right? I was like, I was like, vampires have been done. Werewolves, done. What hasn't been done? Ghosts. <laughs> half ghosts. Ghost. I was like, angels, done. Witches, done. Ghosts. Ghosts are good. Ghosts are where I'm at. Who are you going to call? Fucking phantom. That's what we're going to do. Um, so Sarah Miller was half ghost. And she was in a um, love triangle with two boys. Because I, was, I thought I was straight. That was back when I was straight. Um... Alec, who was really hot and from, get this, Salt Lake City, Utah, the oh, big city. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Jackson, who was like the boy next door. And they were both based off people I know. But there was also a character because you know how sometimes when you're gay, you're attracted to yourself a little bit? I had a character who was named Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That when this character described, when Sarah Miller is describing Allison, it is like, the most like gay lustfulness and it's peak. She's like, she was so hot. She was blonde. Her eyes were beautiful. Her eyes were three different colors at once and everything she wore was a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Okay. Kiddo. Um, and I, yes, I did name her Allison, but it was Allison with an I. So it was Ooh, different than me. Count. Doesn't count. Um, it, was, it, it was two L's and an I. Ooh. So it was one letter of difference from me. So clearly it couldn't have been very, <laughs> Not very well disguised. Um, but like, it was very funny because like a lot of the stuff I wrote featured the same trend of being like, well, here's these boys that I'm interested in. Now I'm going to spend 10 paragraphs describing how hot this woman I encountered <laughs> is. Um, like that was yeah. a trend that continued until I sort of did the realize. And then I panicked and I was like, oh shit, I can't write I can't write a queer character, even though I am queer. Like, that that ain't halaloud. Because um, I was like, then, because I, I worried for some reason. I was like, I'm going to get shoehorned into being a quote-unquote queer writer and blah, blah, blah. And so I was scared to, like, write an actual queer character. 
Um, so then I went like no sexuality at all. Every single character I wrote was like arrow ace, like no sexuality allowed unless they were straight people, but those were the side characters. And the main characters didn't get to have any romance or any attraction ever. Um, because I got like freaked out by the idea of like writing a character in a queer relationship. It's like being pigeonholed. I I feel like, I feel like a lot of, I feel like there's this controversy over own voices because at least I know I've seen some tweets from like authors of color that say that they don't want to be pigeonholed in that category. Like they want to be able to write outside that. Um, so I think that's like a valid concern. No, I think that is too. I, I think that's absolutely a valid concern. And I think you know, to this day, it's something that I worry about because I want to, you know, as, as speaking just as a queer author, you know, I want, or not an author, but a writer, haven't been published yet, but if someone likes my book, <laughs> please let me know. <laughs> no one has said they like it yet, but that doesn't mean they won't. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's one of those things that I do worry about when I think about it. I'm like, yeah, I would, I'm scared of being marked just like a queer writer and her books aren't for other people. Her books aren't for straight people. Her books aren't for, you know, like that's, that's my, my worry that I sort of think about sometimes is like, and, and sometimes I think, okay, is it, is it bad of me to feel that way? Because I do want to represent queer people and I want queer people to feel loved and represented by my books as much as I feel loved and represented by writing them. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't think it's a bad thing to be a queer writer who writes specifically for queer audiences. You know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, I worry about that sort of, like you said, pigeonholing. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to eventually be an author who only gets stuck on like the talk about gays panel and don't talk about anything else, even though you have all of this other stuff going on in your books, you know? Um, and I don't want to be, you know, marketed only towards queer audiences because straight people can't relate to what she has to say. You know, like that's, that's kind of a concern that I do have and that I think a lot of authors of marginalized identities of different kinds can sort of find themselves worrying about because it does happen. You know, I've, I know lots of authors who get put on the quote unquote diversity panels at cons, you know, who just like are only on panels with like other authors of color or other queer authors and only specifically to talk about their struggles and the struggles of being blank marginalized identity and not talk about the other wonderful things that are going on in their books and in their writing and in their lives. Um, And I think that's an incredibly frustrating thing and it's not exactly a positive trend, but I think that applies to all of publishing and not just YA. I think that's a common trend in not even just publishing in media. I think that's a problem that we see in TV. I think it's a problem we see in movies. I think it's a problem, hey, with, I don't need, there's not as much cons with podcasts, but it's a problem with podcasts. You know, like it's, there's the diversity, the idea that if something is diverse or by a marginalized creator, it can't be for everyone, where stuff by straight white people, specifically straight white men, can be for everyone, yeah, that's is a, a problem. That's a huge problem. That is, I mean, it's everywhere, you know, it's... Well, and I think, like, also there are people who are, like, working so hard to promote marginalized voices and whatever that it's, like, this hot-button thing now and they don't realize necessarily that they're putting those people, like, in a box and kind of limiting them. Because I just saw a writer that belongs to a marginalized group post something about how they sent out their novel, they were querying it, and Mm. they got a rejection back, it was positive... But it actually said in the rejection, I would love to see something from you 
within the category of like hashtag own voices. If you have anything like that, please send it to me. And they were pissed off. I mean, rightfully so, I think, because like they just their other work got dismissed because it wasn't in that category. Yeah. They were kind of like pigeonholed into this like, well, you're in this marginalized group, so you should write about that and it'll be super marketable versus yeah. like let me look at this other thing seriously. So Alright. Is this it? Any uh, last thoughts? YA? Queerness? Anything? I like YA and queerness. And when those two things come together, that's what I like the most. Hey! Hey! <laughs> um, read gay YA books. Read all YA books. Not all of them, actually. Some of them aren't great, but like, read lots of them. They're... Read everything Angie Thomas has ever written, which now is two books instead of one. Read both of those. And read lots of other books by lots of other really good YA authors, because they're really wonderful. And all those books are good. And that's my concluding smart thought on the matter, on the thing. Good job, smartness. Yay. Should we have like a... a... (laughs) That was a high five, but I... (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Turkey. It's a fist bump to a high five. It's a turkey. turkey. I'm offended. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) Should we have like... A, a tagline or a spiel that we yeah yeah you gotta come out with a catchphrase right now like on the spot you know it can't be say creepy stay cool that's taken you should say creepy stay cool no but we can't um, say that it's like copyrighted or some shit no um, i'm pretty sure it's not i'm pretty sure they just say it anyway um <laughs> you know what we can edit this in later yeah something <laughs> about like <laughs> tweet us uh, we don't have a Twitter yet. This Twitter. We don't. We, we find don't. us on Instagram. And <laughs> if you have, have any any topics of suggestion, please throw them our way. Something. If you want to talk about something, email Allie and Kate, and I'll talk to you about that thing. I am just here being a dipshit with things I like, and they talk to me. So all you need to do is also be a dipshit with things that you like, <laughs> and email them. And they'll interview you about something you like. It's real cool. Yeah. They're that. cool people. Yeah. Mm. I want to do like <laughs> cool, like, like urban legends shit and... You can't just make spirits. No, no. I mean like people who are like passionate about like the urban legends in their town. Oh, or like cool. somebody oh. who is like... You know, a person who goes squatching. Like, I really want to find somebody who goes squatching and have them talk about fucking squatching. Let's go. We're recording. I'm I'm chewing. Okay. I'll wait for you to be done chewing. Saying when. I'll just drink my wine. Good. So, wait. Were we going to introduce ourselves? Is that what we were going to do? No, we did that. say, like, hey, it's us, Kate and Allie. Okay. Hey, y'all, it's us, Kate. And Allie. And we have news, because we got some... A microphone. Yes. So it's not going to be weird audio quality anymore like it was last time. This episode, for those of you listening. This episode, yeah. Yes, yes. Woo. Um, we hope you like it and you keep on listening. You can listen right here, wherever you're listening to this episode. 
So, keep it wicked. Keep it weird.